News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Hour number two, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Pete Callender here. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. And remember, get the free podcast. It comes right to your smartphone or tablet. All you do is click follow or subscribe, and you can do that at WBT.com. So, you know our governor, um, Roy Cooper, or as his good friend Hillary Clinton calls him, Ray. Um, Ray Cooper is chair of the Democratic Governors Association. And it's kind of comical to me because everybody looks at Ray or Roy, and they look at him and they're like, what did he do to win? He's in a purple state and he was able to beat McCrory and then he won re-election in these state elections where Republicans did well and he can he can show us the way. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think North Carolina's got a pretty unique history. We're going to get into some of that. I mentioned some of it earlier about the Democrat machine, which the vestiges of that are still around. By the way, did you hear the news, the uh, Wilhelmina Rembert soundbite that played, sorry, Dr. Rembert, the soundbite that played during the newscast there, and she, t- she talked about the vestiges of institutional disparities or something. If you weren't around Charlotte Mecklenburg in like the early 2000s, man, did you miss the fights over race-based busing. Could you imagine having those fights today? Oh, my God. Because Charlotte Mecklenburg schools, like they did not fund black schools or schools that were in black neighborhoods for decades. They then won in court the, the, to force busing based on race. So they bust all of these kids. And then, of course, you know, the, the city is growing. They're building schools. And now you got to build schools in places. So they start building these schools like halfway between white parts of town and black parts of town and uh, busing the kids there. So they do this for a couple decades. And then some parents sue because they're up in the northern part of the county and they didn't get into They couldn't get their kid into their local school or something. And they sue. They go to court and they actually win. And the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals says, yeah, the last vestiges of racism have been thrown off the system. You you don't need to bust kids based on race. And the Democrats were livid. Oh, my God, they were mad. And uh, Arthur Griffin, the former chairman of the school board, Wilhelmina Rembert on the school board, George Dunlap, Bill Malik, they were all on the school board. And they were trying they were arguing and trying to find ways to continue to bus kids like they would use surrogate data points like uh socioeconomic status free and reduced lunch and they would do that sort of thing so when i heard her comment there it's like oh my gosh so there we go that's where that language comes from the last vestiges of although she she said disparity i think or yeah disparity not racism Anyway, Politico had a big write-up the other day. The Democratic Party's emerging priority, save the governors. (laughs) Save the governor. Roy Cooper is not up for re-election. He's term limited. He's done. So that means he's freed up to go help all of those other Democrats keep their seats. Here's uh, from the Politico piece by Elena Schneider and Christopher uh, Cadalego. Cadalego. Cadillago. Cadillago. I don't know. Uh, Quote, a coordinated and well-funded push from Democrats centered around these contests would amount to a role reversal of sorts for a party whose major and grassroots donors 
are often criticized for sinking large sums of money into long-shot candidates for the House and Senate. Oh, did you see Beto is running in Texas again? Like, yes, man, he's going to just suck up tons of money out of the system. It's going to be great. Anyway, here's a quote from Morgan Jackson, a senior advisor to North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper, chair of the Democratic Governors Association. Here's what Morgan Jackson said, quote, Republicans figured out that if you can rule locally, you can control a lot of the process federally. And we're finally, finally seeing national Democrats come around to realizing that, too. Yeah, that's been the problem. Yeah, see, Democrats, they they just haven't realized this stuff yet. They didn't know that you should try to win local races. Our bad. Well, this idea that this is like the Democrats in disarray where they... They pretend that they have no idea what's going on. All those Republicans, eh? like you can rule locally. You note the language too: rule locally. That you can rule locally, not that you get elected locally, not that you can govern locally. No, no, no. It's ruling. See, when Republicans win, they rule. When Democrats win, well, they're just public servants doing the will of the people. He added, quote, a lot of the Democratic donor base did not see governor's races as very sexy compared to federal ones. But I think we're going to see historic investments this year. Interviews with a dozen Democratic donors, bundlers and donor advisors echoed that sentiment, with many citing the intersection of 2022 gubernatorial races with certification of the 2024 presidential results. One example is Democratic megadonor. George Soros. Is it anti-Semitic to name him in this piece? I'm not sure, because that's usually, I don't know, those are the rules that I understand them to be, like when you name George Soros, oh, hang on, when you name George Soros, you're just being a conspiracy theorist and an anti-Semite. So, These folks who are in the know, these are the people who are the money people. These are the ones that funnel the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars towards campaigns and organizations and candidates. Soros seeded his super PAC with $125 million to focus on pro-democracy efforts. I love that. Again, remember, when you hear reporters and Democrats, but I repeat myself, talk about democracy just swap out the word for Democratic Party. That's that's really what they're talking about. When they say democracy, they mean them. They mean they're in control, their party, that's them, because they're the Democrats, get it? And uh, also, Soros is cutting big checks to the Democratic Association of Secretaries of State. He's been doing that for a while. I remember documenting uh, uh, those expenditures, I don't know, going back a decade a group that focuses on electing Democrats to these offices. Wasn't that interesting? These are pro-democracy efforts, but they focus on electing Democrats to these offices. And the reporters don't see, this is what I mean, the same thing with the, the WRAL, uh, you know, top political people, uh, reporters there. Like they, they never can figure out if there's ever a political reason or motivation for anything Democrats do. It's always just whatever the Democrats say is like the cover story. They just carry that for them. They just, they, they write the narrative, let it calcify, and let that become the truth. Like, oh, they're just pro-democracy. And by, by pro-democracy, it means that, you know, 
put Democrats into those offices because that's the only way to be pro-democracy. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Phone line's always open. Interviews with a dozen Democratic donors, bundlers, and donor advisors echo the sentiment that you got to save the governors. Many citing the intersection of 2022 gubernatorial races with certification of the 2024 presidential results. This is a story at Politico. Headline, the Democratic Party's emerging priority, save the governors. But the party's major campaign institutions are also prioritizing gubernatorial races with an urgency they say they haven't felt before. American Bridge, 21st century, and I have interacted with many of these people from American Bridge. They're all infested in the North in the NC politics hashtag on Twitter. Ugh, they're just they're just miserable people. Although, I will give them credit. They don't block me. And I troll the bejeebus out of them. So I, I credit where it is due. I actually created a list. And when I, you know, on Twitter, if you create lists, and I highly recommend you do this, uh, create a list. And this way you can follow back everybody, but then you can work off of specific lists. And you can have like a media list. You can have personal friends and family stuff. You And then, so I created a list. And when I add you to a list, you get an alert that says, Pete has added you to the list and I can name that list. And so I named that list American Bridge Spammers. And anybody who amplifies an American Bridge tweet gets tossed into that list. And they are aware of that. So I give them credit. They haven't blocked me as far as I know. But American Bridge uh, is launching a new super PAC called Bridge to. You want to take a guess what the word is? Bridge to democracy. Exactly. Of course, it's to democracy. Starting with $10 million to focus exclusively on races related to election administration. So North Carolina, that would be the governor because he, remember, sued to keep control of the appointments of all the boards of elections in the state. Okay. Democrats contend that they can prioritize governor's races as well as other races for state elections chiefs without it coming at the expense of Senate and House contests. See, don't you see? We can have four number one priorities. What could possibly go wrong? I think this is a fantastic idea. Yeah. In fact, I think you should prioritize as number one every single race. Yeah, every race should get the same amount of money. But quietly, oh darn it, some in the party view the increased focus on governor contests as at least a tacit acknowledgement that they're unlikely to keep control of the House in 2023. Indeed. That's what's going on. They got to try to keep control of the actual top priority. And so when they usually would focus on the legislative races, because in the legislature, that's where you make law. And so you want to be able to make law because you want to be able to move us forward towards progress. And so 
if you know you're not going to win the legislative level, then you want to be able to control the election process and the attorney general offices. That's where they're focusing. And that means in a lot of states, they got to focus on the governor's races. Amongst donors, there is a real pessimism for the federal outlook in 2022, said one New York-based Democratic donor advisor. There's a person who just tells people where to donate. I could totally do that job. I think I found, all right, if this whole radio thing doesn't work out, well, I would go to podcasting. But then if that doesn't work out, I'm going donor advisor. Donor advisor. Not to be confused with the donut advisors. Completely different line of work. A Washington, D.C.-based bundler said that the Save the House messaging is not working on high-level donors. You know why? Because they don't believe it. <laughs> they don't believe it. So they're like, oh, come on, please, give us some money, give us some money. We're on this is the campaign. Save the House! Save the House! And the donor's like, it's already on fire. It's not, you can't save it. So let's try to save some of these other races that we've got going, like these governor's races. All right, the political article continues. Without legislative action, Democrats are hoping that governors can serve as a blockade of sorts on GOP-led laws to further dial back pandemic-era voting expansions, restrict voting access, and curtail participation in future elections. Again, another example here, this is Politico, the adoption of the Democrat narrative by the media allies. They just take it and use it as if it is the truth. The rollback of pandemic-era voting expansions. Some were rolled back, some were not, some were left in place. But this idea that restricting voting access, I've, I've said this before, all rules are restrictive. Any rule you put in place about voting is going to be restrictive. But you don't classify them and you don't describe them as that in all your other reporting. No, no, it's just when you're carrying the water for the Democratic narrative. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. WBT. WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers. Fred has called one of them, and he joins us now. Hello, Fred. Hey, how Hi. you doing? Can Good, you hear me okay? Yeah, I sure can. Can you hear me okay? I can. Fantastic. We are off to a great start. <laughs> What's so up? anyway, you were mentioning that the Democrats are trying to, uh, um, they, they can't win the federal uh, uh, elections for the House, and the Republicans can take it over. And so they're now they're focused on gubernatorial and uh, 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 Secretary of State elections. Right, yeah. Um, uh, because, they, because they can't win the federal. That's and, what, well, that's what uh, the donors I, are saying. The donors don't believe that the chances are good. And so the money is now flowing to these other races where they think they're going to have a better chance and will have more impact. And essentially, it's it they're not willing to fund a lost cause, right? So right. that's what the Politico yeah. piece is talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just I'm just commenting and saying what Move On is saying. Okay, I'm, I'm not using my real name. Okay, Fred. Because <laughs> um, I'm on a Move In Move On mailing list, they consider me a Move On member. I signed a petition for something that I agreed with that that aligned with them. 10 years ago or something like that. And ever since I've gotten emails from them and they're constantly asking me for five bucks. Right. Um, and so, but they say that the white supremacist QAnon Trump movement 
blah, blah, blah. They're taking over the, they've got a plan to take over the Secretary of State positions to control the election. Well, that's um, what they did. That's what, I mean, that's well, what, yeah, I mean, that's well, I precisely I mean, that's what like the Democrats, like right. The, uh, the gerrymandering, the Democrats did it for decades and decades and decades. Republicans took right. over uh, Congress started in state houses and started gerrymandering the Democrats. Well, you can't do that. Right. They realized it was wrong. Right. They realized uh, that it was unconstitutional after they lost the power to do it themselves. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. No, that's a um, good point, though. That Like, they, they use... They use fear because fear is a very potent motivational tool. They use fear to uh, to drive donations and support and you, and then turnout uh, for these races by saying Trump is looking to you know target these races, which of course the Republicans would because they lost those races and look what happened during the pandemic and in 2020 when they changed all of the election laws. Yeah. So anyway, I, I was just calling in to say that's what that's what move on saying. Move on saying, oh, Trump's doing it. Trump's doing it. So that we have to step forward and stop him. Yeah, we need your money to stop him from doing this evil thing because these these QAnon and white supremacists and neo Nazis are moving in to try to steal our democracy. Yeah, and so that's how they're trying to sell it. So they're like the Putin in this analogy. They're they're trying to denazify. Uh, America, I think, right? They would be the Putin analogy, and uh, we would be the uh, the Ukrainians, I think, in that analogy. Hey, Fred, I appreciate the call, man, if that is your real name. Hi, right. right, buddy. Thank you. No, that's good. That's good intel. I advise, like, I, I know people who are on various lists under pseudonyms or nom de plumes or what's the one? Uh, nom de, nom de guerra? Something, the, the war names. Anyway, um, it is advisable. If you can stand the spam, because you will get spam. You know, I got to say, I don't know how many Trump-related email distribution lists we are on in the WBT news operation. But, oh, my God, there's like 70 a day. It's nuts. And I get, look, it's drinking from a fire hose for me. I have, I got accounts. I'm on distribution lists and stuff, so I see some of this stuff. But, uh. I had not seen the moveon.org one. I mean, mainly because I if, like I'm not going to give them money. But that's good. Once you give the $5 once, then you're on their list forever. And that's really where the gold is for these organizations, right? You get because that was what Obama pioneered, the the $5 micro donations and you can keep coming back and hitting them up. And if you hit them up for four $5 donations, that's way more palatable for the donor, for the small-time donor and you get to get them in under the reporting caps. So once you donate a certain amount of money to a political candidate, you have to declare that. I forget how much it is. It's, I forget. Yeah, I don't want to say a number because it'll be wrong. But you can keep hitting them for four or five times and get them to donate, you know, $5 or you know, some number. Oh, it's 420 Donate 420 Whatever. You can get them to donate that, and then they never get to the cap, and then you never have to report them on your campaign finance. They're just small donors, which was one of the big problems with the Obama fundraising machine. Remember when he first said he'll take the federal funding for the presidential election, and then he lied and then didn't, and then proceeded to blow through uh, every record. He raised all of this money, and they took down off of the campaign donation website, they took down all of the safeguards to prevent out-of-country donations. 
And so all this money flowed into the account. He basically, I mean, he outspent McCain three to one, four to one, something like that. And ever since then, nobody has ever taken the federal money again. So thanks, Obama, for that. So all, remember that when people talk now about how, oh, all the, all the bad money and all that. That was Obama that that changed the course of the presidential elections. Anyway, I digress. Democratic Association of Secretaries of State, so that's their organization, the executive director of the DASS, or as I like to call it, the DAS, Kim Rogers. She said she's seen talk moving into action, noting that she expects to raise $15 million this cycle. In 2018, the group raised $1.5. So that is a tenfold increase for secretaries of state races. Some donors are even casting an eye towards 2024, seeing the Democratic bench of governors as among the party's strongest standard bearers and quite possibly its future. Now, Biden and his advisors insist that he is running for re-election. But should he bow out, a few donors noted that the party could indeed should look to governors for the next generation of Democratic leadership. That according to a New York Democratic donor who cited North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper. Roy Cooper, he could be Joe Biden's replacement. Huh? What do you think? Hmm? I mean, he would still serve out the rest of his term here, but... <laughs> oh, my God. Also, Georgia gubernatorial candidate... Stacey Abrams listed as a potential POTUS material. And um, I just saw this from Mike Shields on Twitter. Mike Shields is the founder of Convergence Media. He's a CNN political commentator and former RNC chief of staff. He said Stacey Abrams has a new ad out saying, when I didn't win the governor's race. I think that makes her a racist now, right? Against herself. I think that's how that works. Uh, She said, when I didn't win the governor's race, which I guess she has... To say if she's running, like she has to finally concede that she didn't win that last election, which she has been saying she won all this time. Anyway. Tweet here at Pete Callender from It's All a Distraction, longtime listener. And she says, Roy Cooper as president, it's literally my worst nightmare. And of course, that's in a meme format, which is always good to see. Very interactive, engaging, compelling, and rich. Party operatives stressing to Politico that. They're far more attentive to uh, these races for governor in, in, uh, in America than they were during the early Obama years. I remember this, too. This was a huge problem when a what they say was a lack of resources and attention doomed the down ballot races. Again, as I mentioned, that was because Obama was hoovering up all of the money and not helping out the lower races with money. He lost a dozen governor's mansions and nearly a thousand state legislative seats during his two terms. So that's not 
That's not simply just a, oh, we're not paying attention. I don't really know what's going on. No, that is a competition for the resources. And it went to Obama because Obama wrestled control away from the Clintons. Control of the party. They built this, they built this uh, uh, the donation system, as I mentioned before. But they had to compete with, what was the Clinton world one? They had one. I forget. I, I want to say the vault, but that was the GOP one. But the, the vault has all of the, you know, you know, when you get those surveys from the GOP, you know, please take this time, you know, take the time to fill out this survey about, you know, immigration or whatever. And then they always hit you up for some money. But they're gathering information that goes into what used to be called the vault. And it was this donor mailer information system. Clinton world built one of those. And then Obama world built another and overtook the Clinton world one. And that's important because. If you control that machine, you control the party. And if you control the party, you control the people in that party, right? The, the, the people who can run for office, the candidates, who drops out, who challenges whom, that sort of stuff. The DNC is spending $20 million via coordinated campaigns in targeted battleground states, including Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin for... Voter protection efforts, data and tech infrastructure, as well as state party building all around governor's races. In Wisconsin, operatives have been embedded in that state to help protect the vote. They've been there since last year. Final portion here from this pretty lengthy Politico piece. Biden advisors and other party officials sought to cast the governor's races as important, not purely for political reasons. No, no, no but also to maintain key partnerships on administrative and policy matters. Several officials pointed to the incumbent governor's support throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and in passing the massive infrastructure bill as evidence. I've talked about this before. Governor Roy Cooper was on phone calls, conference calls with governors, Democrat governors, with the White House throughout the pandemic, and they were announcing things that were not coincidentally timed. Cooper, CDC, White House, other states, they were all moving in unison at the same time. Because just like Pat Cannon is hiding in a field of candidates, that's what they did. If everybody's moving, it makes it look like, oh, this is, this is where we need to go. Oh, this is the science. The science and data tells us this is the way to go. We're just following the latest information. And when we, we all do it together, it makes it right. The North Carolina State Board of Elections, it finally happened, by the way. Unaffiliated voters now represent the largest share of the state's electorate. So now my affiliation is the tops in the state. I expect the rules of proportionality that the North Carolina Democratic Supreme Court members have just implemented without any kind of enabling legislation, but... They're you know, lawyers with black robes, and so when they have an opinion about something, it becomes law. And so the North Carolina State Board of Elections announced that unaffiliated voters now are the largest share of the state's electorate. That means I think we have to have the majority of all elected officials be unaffiliated. I think that's how that works. That's the proportionality standard. The latest weekly update reflects a sizable increase in voters choosing to either switch out of their partisan label or not register with any political party in the first place. Look. I'm not saying that I'm the reason for this uh, this milestone. 
I will point out, though, that I went to the DMV. And when I went to the DMV, they asked me if I wanted to register to vote. I said yes. He asked me which political party, and I said not the crazy one. And so he made me unaffiliated. I'm kidding. No, I said unaffiliated. I've been unaffiliated for like 20 years. So that, yeah. So now I'm number one. I'm number one. I get more representatives now than anybody else. That's how it works. Democrat judges told me so. Over the past two decades, the proportion of Democratic voters has steadily declined. GOP affiliations have remained largely flat, according to WRAL. Um, so a couple of reasons for that real quickly. Um, number one is that the Republican Party was hamstrung by a century and a half of Democrat machine politics because of the patronage system that they used and the spoil system that they employed. Patronage uh, system was where you did not get a state or city job in the entire state of North Carolina unless you were a Democrat. I've told the story before. We have a family member, long time, like decades long employee at the state uh, up in Raleigh, and uh, he had to register as a Democrat to get a job. My wife's dad, my father-in-law, told my wife, if you're going to go to work in the court system, you should register as a Democrat because otherwise you won't get a job. That has been the case in North Carolina for a very, 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 very long time, almost a century and a half. Then the spoil system, which was to the victor go to the spoils. And that was by way of jobs. You could fire a bunch of people. You can put in place your people, that kind of thing. Um, Over time, though, that has deteriorated when the civil service became more professionalized over the last 40 years or so. That system was finally broken. Republicans finally broke that. And the Democrat Party moved so far to the left that they got abandoned. And that's where we are now. So, yeah, I don't... I don't know. Like, Democrat registration is falling off a cliff now. I don't know if they'll reach the levels that the Republicans are at, but that would be quite the fall.